Hello, it's Vanessa Garrity from Beyond the Room and I'm here with Suzette Woodward uh, who gave a keynote presentation this morning at the Improving Patient Safety event which if you follow the hashtag on Twitter it's IMPSAF2019. Um, I'm just going to start by saying that um, I met Suzette probably about seven years ago or so now when um, I lost a family member um, from sepsis and was, happened to be invited to um, a House of Commons um, event that um, Sepsis UK put on. At the time I wasn't on Twitter and Suzette was talking there and I didn't get the opportunity to speak to her but I set up a Twitter account and obviously I've gone on to do a lot on Twitter since. So I think for me I'd like to start with the reflection really that people who are listening online today and who can't join in, it's an opportunity to be part of the conversation and I think a lot of what Suzette captured this morning was about the human aspects of patient safety. So I think that reflects really in the online world and the conversations we can have. So we would encourage you, if you're online, to join the conversation today and tomorrow. Um, now, just over to Suzette. I know um, you as a sort of national figure really now in patient safety and it was great listening to your presentation this morning. For people who aren't in the room today and who are listening online, could you just give people a flavour of what you've been talking about this morning? Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, and just to reiter reiterate what you said, I joined Twitter in 2009. And I have never looked back. I think mm. it creates the yeah. most amazing community of people where you can mm. share ideas um, and you can um, grow in terms of the networks that you create, yeah. but the knowledge that you get and the the I I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be with the knowledge that I have today without being on something like Twitter. Yeah. Um, and the interactions that we've had. Um, so today I was asked, I was privileged to ask, I'm given the time <laughs> to talk about three main things. Mm. Um, they're all lessons from the Sign Up to Safety campaign that I led, um, which uh, I led from uh, around about 2013 for five years. And that's on Twitter, isn't it? Sign Up to Safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, it finished at the end of March last year. Am I getting my years confused? Actually, end of March this year. Um, and it ran for five years. It does yeah. have a Twitter handle, but we've it's now just sort of sitting there dormant because yeah. mainly now that the stuff has been taken on by myself, um, mm -hmm. either on Twitter, which is at Suzette Woodward, which um, it will be clear, um, but also via um, uh, my blog and various other things. But it's kind of been spread out because um, Sign Up to Safety was never supposed to be about a central group of people who would just run a campaign. It was yeah. all about local ownership and local leadership to really make a difference. And the key focus of Sign Up to Safety was all about what can we do to help the people who work in healthcare mm. work as safely as they can be. There's a lot of campaigns out there that help patients and there are a lot of campaigns out there for individual aspects of patient safety mm. like falls or pressure ulcers or sepsis. But there's very little, or there was at the time, very little that talked about how can we actually help the people that care to care more safely yeah. and to work safely. So the three things I talked about, to be kind of more succinct, is the first is that we have to create a much more balanced approach to mm. safety. And what I mean by that is the predominant view of looking at safety is being all about failure. Yeah. So where have we gone wrong? What can we do to put things right? What are the problems? What can we do to put mm. things right? What is it that people are doing to fail? Um, and, and why can't we just tell them to stop making mistakes? Yeah. And that predominant um, approach has been picked up in all sorts of initiatives, instant reporting, instant investigations, root cause analysis, um, 
studying problems through um, even uh, aspects like QI and so on. And it worried me and, it, and, it, and I felt like there was something missing. So what we did is we studied various um, concepts and theories associated with looking at safety differently, which is actually if around about 10% of things go wrong, then you must imagine that therefore 90% of things go okay mm. or, or they go right or in fact they go amazingly. So what is it about the 90% that we're not learning from? Yeah. And so instead of asking why did we fail, what we ask people to do is say why did we fail in the context of the fact that most of the time we get it right. Yeah. So therefore you have to study the going right in mm. order to study the failure. And that gives yeah. you a completely different lens to look at. Definitely. And also it's so incredibly positive. So you start going, oh, I'm not actually so bad. <laughs> um, I do this most of the time okay and this time it failed. Yeah. But it, it takes you down a route which says we're never going to be perfect. We're, there are times when we're going to fail. And maybe we won't need, what we need to do is obviously learn from this, but accept that that failure is in the context of many times when we get it right. Yeah. And it, it's an important thing to say because what you might end up by doing is not addressing the failure. Mm. Because if you address the failure, then you might be actually tipping over the balance of the m multiple times you get it right yeah. into potentially failing. So if that makes any sense. So what you might do is say, yes, it failed, and I really want to learn from that, but I want to really learn from how we get it right most of the time, and then strengthen that, replicate that, and keep that going. Yeah. And what that does is it starts to move away from purely focusing on an individual and blaming them and saying, what is it about the circumstances, the situations we all face? Yeah. And we can really study those, which lent us into looking at, it's a bit of a jargony thing, but it looks at work, as we imagine it could be versus work as it is actually done yeah. and what's the gap between what we imagine that is versus mm. how it's done and that takes you into the world of policy making and of creating of interventions and initiatives which say I imagine this is what your world is like so I'm going to ask you to do this rather than I know this is what your world is like so I'm going to help you do this yeah. and they're very different sure. bits mm. of language mm. and that's the whole world that's now described as safety too yeah. so safety too is about understanding safety from the perspective of when we get it right but also helping people adjust and adapt what they do to keep getting it right yeah. and it's really really lovely and positive but to do that we realise that there is a second key message from sign up to safety which is you have to have the right culture and what we mean by that is a culture that enables people to speak out mm. that it's a psychologically safe organization and that there is a just culture yeah. where people are dealt with proportionately and consistently and people are cared for when things don't go right but also encouraged when things do and that they're given the positive feedback when they do so that you thank people you value people and you are grateful for what they do and you tell them when they're good so that then they go I want to do that again mm. so the second thing is about trying to move away from a blame culture yes. and a culture of incivility and bullying and to remind people that it's actually um, important to value them be grateful to them and say thank, thank you and be much more positive about your feedback so the final third bit that say, say, I talked about this morning and sign up to safety learnt was that all of that then feeds into really caring for the people who care mm. And that's caring for their health and their well-being, their psychological safety, their emotional um, needs, um, and so on. So that's basic stuff like dealing with fatigue, yeah. hunger, thirst, 
having enough time to think, not having too many distractions, being able to pause and reflect. But it's also lovely things like creating joy mm. and creating ability I for like people that. to socialise mm. and to come together and connect so that we move away those barriers and we move away the them and us yeah. that is currently very much about a patient safety thing. It's always about them's managers versus us clinicians or them's regulators versus us doers. And all of that needs to be dispelled because, in fact, every single one of us mm. want the same thing. Absolutely. And we have mm. to articulate that as a shared purpose. Mm. So the three things I talked about this morning were creating a balanced approach to safety, moving away from the blame culture to one which is a just culture where, where staff feel supported, and finally really caring for their very basic health and well-being and psychological needs. Yeah, that's great. And I think, um, I mean, I'm a mental health nurse by background. So in terms of my own practice, and I've practiced for over 20 years now and seen a lot of changes, but a lot of what you're talking about there really resonates in mental health, particularly around the way in which we used to, um, you know, blame people if something went wrong. But also um, the fact that in mental health, it's quite difficult to measure things. So we never really talk about how many lives we save in mental health. We talk about the suicides that, that occur or the problems that go wrong and I think whilst patient safety is now quite a mainstream concept only a few years ago we talked about risk we didn't talk about safety did we so I think that's kind of shifting thinking there and the other thing I'm thinking about is the um, freedom to speak up guardians because mm-hmm. surely that work links quite nicely into this doesn't it in terms of people having somebody that they can go to in organisations to speak anonymously about issues that are concerning them and I think a lot of what you said there links very nicely to a lot of the podcasts I've done today and a lot of people are saying the same thing really about not just focusing on the individual but looking at the whole system looking at ways we can work together looking at um, you know how we can learn from the good things that we do as well as as when things go wrong so um, any final thoughts from yourself to share well, no, I think you were absolutely spot on there. I think the whole freedom to speak up stuff is really, really important. But also, as we know, a crucial part of a just culture is that we are we try to move away from being judgmental and mm. we just seek to learn about people. Yeah. Um, and and the final thing I'd like to say is that yes, it's important to have in a, in an organisation somebody you could go to to speak up with. Mm. But linking that non-judgmental. Po- um, issue with having somebody to talk to. Um, what I mentioned this morning is what I always say to everybody is when you start out in, in the career in the NHS, find somebody who will love you no matter what. Mm, I love that actually. And, yeah. then, and if you make a mistake, and even if you don't make a mistake, you have that person you might call up, whether it's two o'clock in the morning or yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon, and you ask them for help. You say, I've done something and I need your help, mm. and I don't need you to judge me, I just need you to love me no matter what. Mm. And if they are the right people and you've chosen the right people, they will do that and they will be there for you because we're all going to need that person in our back pocket. Yeah. And I think if everyone has that person, then at least they'll have someone to speak to at some point that they're mm. going to need, and uh, it's incredibly important. But thank yeah. you very much. Thank you.